You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. It's uh, um, almost become a tradition that I get the Sunday news to the new year. <laughs> this is the third one I think in a row. Whoa! <laughs> so um, I'm trying to come up with something fresh for us this year. But you know, there's always something new in God, isn't there? Every day is a new day, every day is a new opportunity, and every year is a new year opportunity for God to do something special in our lives. So, you know, we look back at the last year, yes, we may celebrate, we may have some problems that we think, oh dear, about, but we look into the new year with hope. We sang that song, brilliant song, Jesus is our hope for this new year. So, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so, of course, it's the start of the new year, and at the start of the new year, people ask you questions. My friend asked me, where I see myself in the new year. I said, how would I know? I don't have 2020 vision. Okay, there's going to be a lot of those this year, I reckon. Okay, okay. Uh, Honestly, the year 2020 is going to be filled with so many puns about perfect vision. I really can't wait to see them all. Um, Okay. You've got to catch up with me on some of these. Um... My resolution was to read more. Now, this isn't actually true of me, because actually I read quite a lot as it is. But um, I read that this was somebody's resolution. They said, my resolution was to read more. So I put the subtitles on my TV. <laughs> okay, okay, not perhaps so good. And, and then, you know, so that was a New Year's resolution. What is a New Year's resolution? Anybody? It's something that goes in one year and out the other. <laughs> Okay, I, I love those sort of puns and jokes and um, ways of speaking about it. But 2020, 2020, you know, we are going to hear a lot about 2020 vision this year. I can guarantee it. We've got a, a conference coming up with the International Christian Chamber of Commerce in Cardiff in March. And we've titled it, guess what? Business Unlimited 2020 Vision. Because that's what we're looking to this year, isn't it? We're looking to see with clarity and understanding Not what we can see, but what God wants us to see for this year ahead of us. Now, we we often talk about, don't we, that we have 2020 vision. Perfect 2020 vision is only with hindsight. But, you know, if we can tune right into God, maybe we can get 2020 vision for this year, where we see it from his perspective and actually see it right the first time. I think often, and I know this is true for myself, the problem isn't so much God not wanting to tell us or communicate to us or to talk to us or to lead us with that sort of 2020 vision. The problem is we're not willing to put his glasses on. We're too willing to see ourselves and to do it our own way. Well, maybe it's just me, but that's how I feel about it anyway. So, first Sunday of 2020, it's good to start. It's good to start by, yes, reflecting on what's happened, what's gone past in the last year, but also to consider where we are now And then also to think about where we're going to be going into this coming year. So it's a great opportunity to pick almost any passage of scripture and preach on it because there's something that will come out of it about these sort of things. But what I felt, the moment that Tyler said to me, Robin, could could I take this when he knew that he was going to be away today? Could I take this morning service? The first thought that came to mind was very, very clear to me. It was the idea, and I thought I'd written it down, this, there it is, I knew it was here somewhere. From the, the, the topic was to be about learning to live this year from rest, through love, to life overflowing. 
from rest, as we start the year, we started with a holiday, we started with that rest, but actually it's the rest in God, through love, his love as it comes out through us, into life overflowing. Because as that life overflows from us, so we touch other people, so we touch our community, as Tom was talking about, so we touch the people we work with, we touch our families, we touch ourselves even, with something more of what God has for us. So that was the theme, if you like, and I thought, well, what better verse to hang it around to the next slide? Maybe a bit small, but anyway, hopefully you can read that. Um, John 10, 9 and 10. We often think of John 10, 10. But John 9 and 10. I am the gate, Jesus says. Whoever enters through me will be saved or kept safe. It has both meanings. They will come in and go out. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to kill, to steal, kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Other passages, other versions, abundantly, overflow. And after two weeks off, yay, that was so good for me, I must admit, it was lovely to have two weeks off. After two weeks off, I want to go into this year and have life overflowing from me. I want to live life to the full. I want to live life with an abundance. Um, nobody else does, but that's okay. That's what I want to do. I hope you do too. Because, you know, this year is the opportunity for us to really tap into what God has for us. Uh, you know, I, I was talking to, to, to Ruth, um, I do occasionally, um, over Christmas uh, and New Year, and we were thinking, we were reflecting on 2020, and I think, you know, um, okay, showing my age, felt really, really old. You know, I was, I remember growing up and having a, a Doctor Who annual that was predicting what the 2000s would be lo looking like. And here we are in the 2020s, 20 years beyond that. It's like, wow, really? But you know what? The amazing thing is God hasn't changed at all in any of that time frame. He is still the eternal God. He's still the one who's outside of time, can look into time, can see our situations as they are right now, and can speak into our lives and speak into this year just as much as he's spoken into every other year, as much as we're willing to listen to what he has to say to us. So, John 10, 9 and 10, Jesus is speaking. Jesus is actually speaking in the first instance to, to, um, to the Jews. He's speaking to the Israelites, and he's, that's the context. I'm going to take it slightly out of context today. That's a little bit of preacher's license, and, and, but I think you'll forgive me for that as we move into it. But Jesus is talking, and he goes on a bit later, and says, I am the good shepherd, and we know that. And here he's talking about his sheep, and you know, originally the, the nation of Israel were his sheep, He's talking about them coming in under the new covenant. But he's also talking about us, because we get to come in to that fold. So we get to come into a sheepfold. So how many of us grew up on a farm? I think we did this the other day, didn't we? One, two, two or three. Okay, so a couple of folks. Three, okay. Not many of us know the rural context these days, do they? Not many of us know about farms and things. I remember growing up... Um, Grew up in Wolverhampton, which is a really farming environment, as you can imagine. Uh, not. Um, it's uh, uh, the industrial heartland, or was, of, of, uh, of the UK for a very long time. But uh, we used to have cousins in Grassington, in Yorkshire, and we used to go there. And they had a farm right in the middle of the village. And so we used to go. And I remember as kids, we'd go and we'd do the haymaking and this sort of thing. They, they didn't keep sheep. They kept goats and they kept hens. Great. But I understood what it was to have... Uh, livestock. 
And Jesus here is talking about sheep, and he's talking about a particular type of sheep. Now, we've all seen sheep, haven't we, on the hills? Yes? Good. Okay, and we've seen them wandering around, and they just seem to wander and not go anywhere. But then um, there's usually a shepherd. These days, a shepherd looks probably a bit different to how they were back in those days. But there are shepherds who still look after those sheep. And then he's talking about a fold and, and entering into the fold through the gate, into the sheepfold. Um, and, uh, you know, we perhaps don't even think about sheepfolds, but sheepfolds, um, they go through generations, from generation to generation, in grazing land, there are sheepfolds. Uh, I, I remember um, going for a walk in the lakes. We love going to the lakes, going for a walk in the Lake District, and um, getting the old wine, Wainwright books. I don't know if you've ever done any walks in the lakes with the Wainwright books. The Wainwright books, that he explains the walk, and he tells you where to go, and as he tells you, there's little drawings and little pen drawings, and he draws this little drawing of, you know, um, um, an old hut here, and then he says, you know, a sheepfold there, and he does this little drawing. And it's amazing because 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years on, you can go and you can walk that same path and you can still see the sheepfold. It's still there. And, you know, sometimes we look at scriptures like this and we dismiss them and think, oh, yeah, that's, that's just 2,000 years ago. That's how it was back then. But no, that sheepfold is still here for this generation. Jesus' sheepfold is for every generation, not just for the one that's gone. It's for the one that is now and for the one that's to come in this coming year. So Jesus is available for us. So... That's the context. And, and how I'd like to think about this is that Jesus' sheepfold is a little bit like a little bit of heaven here on earth. Yeah? He, you know, it's, it's, it's this um, place where Jesus is the gate and we can... So, so think of it there. This is the rest of the world. This is the hillside we're on. And we can go and we can enter into Jesus' little sheepfold, which is a little bit of heaven for us on earth. I'll get into it a bit more, you're not quite getting it, but I'm excited by that, because in the idea that we can actually tap into heaven, and then it says, what? We go into it and come out of it. We go into that devotional time with Jesus, and we experience that bit of heaven, and then we step out of it, and we go into the rest of the world, and we take that bit with us. That's where I'm going anyway today, and hopefully you'll get some of what I'm talking about as I go through it. That's the overall introduction. So we'll go to the next slide. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the gate. If you think about these sheepfolds, these sheepfolds that, that, that of ancient times, so I read and so I understand, they wouldn't actually have a gate on them. Really? No, they wouldn't. So if you think of like a corral, you know, we've all seen westerns and things like this. If you think of a fence without a gate, or just with an opening for the sheep to go in and out of. How did the sheep stay in there overnight? Dogs? The shepherd sleeps in the gate. Indeed, the shepherd sleeps in the gate. And he literally is the gate. He keeps us in, but he also protects us. So Jesus is saying he's literally the gate. It's not just the entrance way, which he is, but he's also the one that lies there and protects us whilst we're there. So, uh, again, you know, is that important? Well, did you know that sheep rustling was live and well here in the UK? No? No? Well, it, it just literally this morning popped up on my news feed. I wasn't searching for it. It was just there. Nearly 200 sheep have been stolen in three incidents over the last three months in Wiltshire alone. 
police are investigating these thefts and they include some animals from a gated and locked field. But the shepherd wasn't lying there. The local police said, we're keeping an open mind. This is, this is for real, this isn't a joke. I'm not leading up to a joke. This is actual situation. We are keeping an open mind, but we believe these incidents may be linked and those responsible must be skilled sheep handlers with trained dogs as this kind of theft requires a high level of organisation to be conducted quickly and undisturbed. Often those responsible will not look suspicious to passers-by unless you are local and know who the farmers in your area are. The contrast that Jesus was bringing between himself and the thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy. Apparently, just throw away here, two and a half million pounds worth of animals were stolen in, 20, in 2018. Which is up 11% since 2016. That's by the by. But the key thing is Jesus, is, Jesus encourages us into his fold and personally watches over us to ensure we're kept safe. Now, I don't know about you, but that really means a huge amount to me. To think that Jesus personally, the creator of the universe, the one who put all things together, the one holds, who holds all things together by his word, he is the one who looks over me and cares for me with that intimate nature. That he chooses to be by my side and he chooses to look after me and to have his eye upon me. Wow, for me that is quite amazing. So if we think about the fact that that's the case, and I've got a scripture here from the Psalms. This is one that um, that we read um, uh, at the beginning of the year. Ruth brought this to, to my attention at the beginning of the year. Jesus, uh, or, or we read, uh, the psalmists say, you are my hiding place. God, you are my hiding place. Jesus, you are my hiding place, we could say. You will protect me from trouble. You know, we might be thinking... What's going on with this world? Is there trouble for us for this year? Well, you will protect me from trouble. And surround me with songs of deliverance. Love that. Don't you love that? Songs of deliverance. God himself and the angels singing together with songs of deliverance around us. That he will deliver us. He will save us. He will look after us and ensure that we're safe in every situation. You are my hiding place. You are my hiding place. Confession time. I do tend to like to go to my hiding place once in a while. I don't necessarily... There are times when everything becomes just too much for me. And I just escape, shut the door, put some music on, get a book out, I sit and read, or I listen and pray. But I need some time out. I get peopled out. Don't know about the rest of you. We're supposed to be in community. That's right, we should be. And you know, when the sheep come together, they should be in community. But they also need to be individually on their own. And we have a hiding place in God where we can hide. What does that mean? Well, it means that we can take time out just to spend with him. He and me alone together. A hiding place, a place where we can be, where we can be replenished and refreshed. That which I need to sustain me in the day-to-day, -day, God provides for me. We don't need to be troubled by anything. We just need to sit in his presence. I, I was reminded as I was preparing this of, of Elijah. Elijah, as you probably remember, was, was served by God twice uh, um, uh, that I can think of immediately. Uh, once by the ravens, by the brook Cherith, and they came and they fed him. And then again, and the one that really struck me in 1 Kings 19, where Elijah just had such an amazing success 
on, on, uh, on the mountain. He'd seen the fire of God come down and burn up the sacrifice. And he'd had such amazing success. And then he'd gone and he'd become depressed and he'd gone off and he need, needed to hide away. And God came through the angels and provided for him. And in that hiding place, Jesus wants to provide for our need. A secure place in times of turmoil. Anybody think there might be times of turmoil this year? It's possible. But Jesus is our secure place that we can go to in those times of turmoil. A stronghold when all around is apparently in pieces. So, before we move on too quickly, let's stop for a moment and think through this. Have we entered in to that place of rest? Firstly, I don't know everybody here today, but firstly, have you entered in for that first time? Have you made that decision to follow Jesus and actually enter into his rest, to step into that peace of heaven that he wants you to have, that heaven that he wants you to have in the hereafter, in life eternal? Uh, New Year for me is that, that time when I think about that time I made that commitment to follow Jesus. When I was growing up, I was uh, 13. Uh, my father was sick. We nursed him at home for three months, three, four months, from September through the end of January, and then he passed away at, at age 50. At that point, I really started to think, well, what does it mean? What's life? What is there? What, 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 what's death about? And what's after that? And from that point onwards, I really started to explore that. And then five years or so later, I remember over the, the Christmas, New Year's period, somebody came back from from um, university, shared with me the gospel message, gave me a little booklet. You may have seen the little booklet um, um, that I can't remember the name of, but it was a really good one. Um, but it was a little booklet that explained the gospel and journey into life. There you go. knew I didn't remember it. I explained the gospel, and it was an opportunity for me to sit down and to think about what the meaning of life was. And I remember on my bedroom floor, kneeling down and praying that prayer, say, Jesus, please come into my life. I want you to be Lord, and I want you to lead me and direct me. And in those years since then, he has, and he's strengthened me and encouraged me and all that. So if you've never made that commitment, then I'd really strongly suggest you, at the start of the new year, what better time? New year, new year, why not? This year is a great time to go. And those of you that perhaps have made that commitment years ago, like me, are we choosing this year to enter into rest. We've had two weeks off, perhaps, some of us perhaps slightly less. We've had time off, and we've rested physically from our work and from our labor. But have we rested spiritually in God? And spiritually in Jesus, are you going into this year having rested in him and wanting to stay in that rest, not to strive and struggle forward into all that you can do, but go forward into all that he can do with us and through us. Just a moment for us to think on that, maybe. So Jesus is that place, is the gate, and is that place of rest. There we go. Peace and replenishing. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him, the psalmist says. And Jesus says, come to me, all of you are heavy laden. I don't know what your year has been like, but maybe you've come to the end of this last year and you've come to it thinking, yeah, I'm heavy laden. Wow, the things that have been going on, the issues that I've had in my workplace, the problems that I've had with my family, the relationships that have been a problem for me, my health, which perhaps isn't so good, whatever it might be, all of those things that you have perhaps gathered 
and you've gathered them like things to carry, you know, and you've put those bags on your shoulders and you've brought them along with you to the beginning of this new year or to the end of the last year, here's an opportunity to take them off and to give them to Jesus. He says, come to me all you who are weary. At the end of the year, maybe we're weary. But it's an opportunity to be refreshed. Come to me, all you who are burdened with those things, and I will give you rest. But it requires us to do something, doesn't it? It does. It requires us to take those burdens and give them to him. We actually have to do it. It's, it's not a case of just saying, well, oh yeah, so Jesus, just give me rest. We have to remove from us those things that are burdening us so that he can give us something fresh and new. We, we often do it, you, you, if you've been in this church for any length of time, you know we often will we'll put out our hands when we're, we're, we're in prayer. And the idea being we're giving to God that which is perhaps burdensome or that which is ours, and we're receiving from him that which he wants to give to us. And in the same way, the end of this year, let's think about those things that we want to lay down, those things that we don't want to have anymore, those things that have perhaps been burdening us, and give them to Jesus, who will give us rest. If we think about us being Jesus, <laughs> if we think about us being sheep of Jesus in his sheepfold, like being in that little bit of heaven, then we're in that place of peace. Jesus said, didn't he, that... Peace to his disciples. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. There's something he does. Peace I leave with you. And it's a peace that the world can't give. It's a peace that means we know we have peace with God. It's a peace that we know that the Holy Spirit lives in us day to day, every moment. It's a peace that gives us that understanding that we've got God with us all the time. But he also says, do not let your hearts be troubled. There's a bit we have to do. We have to work with him on these things. And how do we, I don't know, how do you think, how do we enter that place of peace? How would you say that if we think of this sheepfold of Jesus's and we come into it on a regular basis, if we were to come into it on a regular basis, how would we enter into that place of peace? What do you think? What would be your normal... How would you normally relate to Jesus? Yeah, in a quiet place and, and have your devotional time. Um, you know, there's a famous story of a famous preacher, um, Spurgeon, who was once put up at, at... I think it was at this sort of time of year and was put before a huge crowd, big auditorium of people... They filled the whole theatre and he was brought up to preach and he was going to preach. He was speaking the main session and he got up and he simply said, remember the morning watch, which back then meant remember your devotional time, remember your quiet time, remember your time with God. And he sat back down again. And no matter what they could do, they couldn't get him to stand up and say anything more. Why? Because he said that's the most important thing these people need to hear. And that's the most important thing I think we need to hear at the beginning of the new year. It might be a habit... But let's get into this good habit of remembering to sit down or stand or walk or whatever it is we do, but every day to spend some time listening to Jesus, speaking to Jesus, and hearing what's on Father's heart for us and for the world around us. 
If we start there, then we're going to move into this new year with a fresh new understanding of God every day. So I'd say that's number one. Number two, I'd say, is cultivate that awareness. We've just had Christmas. Christmas is all about Emmanuel, God with us. He's with us every day, every moment. So let's remember that. Let's cultivate that in some way. Let's remind ourselves. Do you know, uh, I don't know, there's all sorts of different ways we can do that. Um, uh, how, do, how do you remember things? How do you remind yourself of something? Write it down, okay. Writing it down is great, but then how do you, rem- how, do you look at it sometimes? Do you have it somewhere where you can see it? On the fridge or on a calendar. Okay, great. Uh, somebody upstairs had an idea? They've all gone quiet now. On your phone? Yeah, maybe on a phone, a little reminder on your phone or something like that. And so there's bringing the word inside and, and reminding ourselves internally. Yeah, yeah. Throughout. So there's lots of different ways we can remind ourselves. You know, the old-fashioned idea of, of tying a knot in a hanky seems like a crazy idea these days. But uh, when I was growing up, there was an idea that you did. You tied a knot in a hanky to remind yourself of something. It was great, except you forgot what it was you tied your knot in a hanky for. It's like, what? But there we go. But, you know, and, and um, we also were... As, as we were at university, one of the things Ruth and I were part of was a, a mission, and the idea was to pray for this mission. And uh, they gave us out dots, spots, little sticky spots. And the idea was, see the dot, pray on the spot. It's a lovely idea, really nice idea. So whatever works for you, set yourself some sort of reminder during the day, whether it be your phone or every hour or whatever it might be, but something that just reminds you, Jesus is with me. It doesn't have to be long. And then as you start doing that, it builds into this idea and this habit. And over time, it becomes something you remember all the time. Not that I'm there yet, but that's something that I'd love to think we could try and do this year. You know, dots on the back, dots on the back of your hand, um, something on a little dot on the computer screen or whatever it might be, something that flags up on your phone once, once an hour or something like that. It doesn't have to make a big noise. You just little things say, Jesus is with me. Holy Spirit is inside me. Father wants to walk with me today. Wouldn't that be a great idea? Well, I think it would anyway. I, I think that's a, it's a great way to encourage ourselves, to cultivate that awareness of God with us. And then thirdly, and perhaps at those moments, to intentionally, whether it be those moments when we're reminded or those moments when we're stuck with trouble or something comes our way, to intentionally stop, to breathe out our anxieties and to breathe in the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit... He lives in us. So we're not really breathing him in. But it just helps us to remember that's the case. God is with us. Now, why do I say, and some people say, oh, can't do that. Oh, no, 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 that's new age. Can't do that. Well, actually, it's not because the breath we have is God's breath in us. If it's God's breath in us, then it's there to remind us of something. So, you know, let's remember that. So that's one way we could do that as we breathe him in. The Holy Spirit coming in as we breathe out, that's us giving to him all those troubles and the anxieties we have. And we just continue, if you like, that washing and that process. So Jesus told his disciples, peace I live with you. Amazing. In the Passion Translation, I've got no timer today. Yes, I have. I've got 51 seconds left. Perfect. <laughs> Amazing. Um, um, so Jesus, in, in, the, in the, the Passion Translation, they translate the same verse like this. I leave the gift of peace with you. 
my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world. You know, we go two or three days into the new year and boom, the fragile peace starts to be shattered immediately. But my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. And so what I wanted to ask was, resting in Jesus, receiving his peace, and being courageous, how will you be courageous in 2020? Not striving to it, but resting in his peace, knowing he's with you, what would you courageously do this year? Something to think about, maybe. Okay, let's whiz on to the next one. Yes. Okay. Jesus at a spacious place. So it talks about, doesn't it, that we come in and we go out of this fold. And as we come in and we go out, as we go out, he will lead us to pasture. He'll lead us to a place where we will have all of our provision, everything that we need provided for us. A place of pasture and a place of abundance, that overflowing life that we're to have, where everything we have and everything we need is provided for us, and we can overflow from that point, from that place. I will instruct you, the Psalms again, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Father speaking to us. He will instruct us, he will teach us in the way we should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. God loves us and wants the best for us. We sang it in one of those songs. He's not looking to try and find something wrong in our lives. He's looking to try and encourage us to do what is right with our lives. God wants us to live a life full of love because he wants to love through us. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Hmm. I read this, or this was something again that Ruth and, and I were sharing together, and my prayer was, Lord, that I won't be like that horse or that mule, because I can be somewhat stubborn, and I can want to do things my way, but actually, let me hear your instruction, let me follow your ways, let me be allowed to have your teaching, so that we will know the way, that I will know the way that I should go. Um, we mentioned earlier about shepherds, we mentioned about the, 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 the sheep stealers, etc. One of the, you know, one of the programs on television that my dad used to love growing up was One Man and His Dog, which perhaps these days isn't, isn't on and probably is, is not something one would say. One person and his dog. One person and their dog. One person and their animal. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> One man and his dog, which was about these shepherds, and it was this competition of shepherds. Amazing, really, when you think about it these days, what was, was good TV. But they could whistle, and the dogs would go, and the sheep would go, and the sheep would follow. And you know, it was so easy, it wasn't forceful, it wasn't forced, it wasn't having to put a bridle on them, it wasn't having to catch them, it wasn't having to push them. And that's the way God wants us to react to him, to be willing to hear his voice and to do it, and to do as he says. He brought me out, another psalm says, he brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. It's not something we do, it's something he does. He brings us to that spacious place. He rescues us because he delights in us. We just work with him on it. It's about that resting, it's about co-creating with God. Another scripture speaks of the boundaries that God has placed around us and that they have fallen in pleasant places. He wants us in 2020 to live in pleasant places. Does that mean we're going to have everything perfect? No. Does that mean that actually even where we live is going to be pleasant? Not necessarily. But what it does mean is that when we're in his fold, that's going to be a pleasant place to be able to go from 
and to co-create with him as we go into this world. So, let's consider what's Father's best for our heart, for us this year. What's his interests for us? He sent Jesus to provide a way for us, yes, to enter into heaven, but for us to be his children as well and to bring heaven to earth. The whole earth, Romans 11, Romans 8, 19 even, the whole earth still longs for the revealing of those who live as the children of God. The whole earth. And as we start at the beginning of this year, as children of God, as sons and daughters of the living God, let's enter 2020, resting in Jesus, with his love to empower us, living life to the overflow. From rest in him through love to an overflowing life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.